You're listening to the New Life Church Podcast, where we are passionate about helping you connect to your God-given purpose. To learn more about New Life Church, including our service times in Canton, Georgia, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go? No? No golf fans in the house? None? Zero? I'm in the wrong room. I quit. We're going to have fun with this. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's a lot going on. Uh, I'm going to just quickly, if you got one of these cards coming in, if you didn't, it's okay. We learned, all learned how to use this QR code during the pandemic when we were ordering at restaurants, right? We learned how to, I never knew how to do it until then. You take your phone, you hold it over that with a camera and it takes you right to it. You can do it now. You can do it later. Just make sure you sign up for next level. It's the biggest night of our year at the church. If you're new, if you've never been, it is a huge night. It's a free, awesome meal. We fellowship together. I get up and I talk about all that God has helped us to do the previous year, and then I cast vision for the next year. You do not want to miss that. It's an awesome night, kind of upscale. We dress up. We, we transform the lobby and in the room in here and live entertainment. It's amazing. You can do that on here. You can do it on our events page. Make sure you let us know about child care. We have uh, going to have a lot of things for the kids to do that night. So do that. Tomorrow night, first Monday, be sure to be here at 7 o'clock. Yeah. If you're new, first Monday is just a night that we can go deeper in the Lord, deeper in worship, deeper in prayer. So make sure you're here at 7 tomorrow. Well, I'm so excited because we are beginning a brand new series today called Triple G, Discovering Your God-Given Gifts. This is one of my favorite subjects to teach in all the world. I am so excited. I've been so excited about it that I dreamed about it last night. Listen, all week long, I've been like toiling over this to make sure, because I care so much about this subject. I've just been working with it, editing it, taking away, adding, kind of figuring out how long it's going to be and everything. And it finally caught up to me last night. And I dreamed that I was preaching this somehow simultaneously, you know how dreams are, to the last two different churches that I served, and both pastors were there. Somehow it was the same congregation, but it wasn't. And you know what I'm talking about? And it was the feeling kind of like being in front of your class in your underwear, all right, when you have that, when you have that dream. Anybody have that dream? Okay. Because when I opened up my iPad to preach, now I wasn't in my underwear in the dream, so thank God for that. But I opened up my iPad, it was the wrong message. It was the wrong message. And so I just started talking and, and I rambled for an hour until people were so bored, they just started having conversations among themselves, like right while I'm trying to talk. And then people started to leave. And I woke up with that this morning. So yeah, it's, but last service, I didn't happen. I have the right sermon here. And so we are all good. God's going to help us. We had an awesome time in the first service. Are you ready for the word of God? Come on. Amen. I love this because this series aligns perfectly with our overall vision that's out there on the wall in the lobby to connect people to their God-given purpose. So that's the what, okay? That's the what. Our vision is the what. This series is the how to the what. So if our vision is the what, this is how we accomplish the vision, is helping you to discover and begin walking in and operating in your God-given gift. 
So that's what is so important about this. And I'm going to give you the all-important why in just a few minutes because you need the what, the how, and the why. So I've taught this before. I've taught this about four years ago as a series here just like this, and then I've taught it as a Bible study about two years ago on Wednesday nights, and I've taught it around the world. I've, I, I've teach it a lot. Uh, and you're like, maybe like, why would you do this again? Why would you teach an entire series again? Well, number one, the vision. You have to repeat the vision to make it stick. You have to continuously bring that in front of the people. And the second thing is that since the pandemic, the whole church has done this. We have a ton of people, and you're probably one of them that came during the pandemic, and maybe you came, your story is like a lot of others. You were open, so we came. We were tired of watching online, and so we came because you were open and you had, you had kids' church. I could drop them, and I could come up and be ministered to, and that, there's so many stories like that. And so just the fact that we have so many new folks, I felt like it was important that we do this again. So... If you've heard the teaching before, get ready to have new revelation, fresh revelation. Come on, and be reminded of some things. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. That's the way when you read the Word of God, the same passage that you've read a hundred times, the Holy Spirit can bring something else out to you. How many have a favorite movie? Raise your hand. You can get it in your head right now. Everybody say their favorite movie out loud. One, two, three. I like that one too. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago when we had the memes of the 80s movies, and I, I told you that my favorite movie of all time, and of course, y'all didn't get it right. You said Back to the Future or something like that, but it went, Raiders of the Lost Ark, because as a kid, I was Indiana Jones. I was. That was me. That was me. I had the whip, the hat, the leather jacket, the whole thing. And so it was my favorite movie. I've watched that thing a hundred or more times. You would never want to see Raiders with me, because I would quote it from the beginning and drive you absolutely crazy. But every time I watch it, I see something different. I see something new. Isn't that why we watch the things we see? That's the way this is going to be for you. I believe God's going to give you some new and fresh things uh, as we go through it. Now, if you haven't heard the teaching before, I'm asking that you just go all in. I'm asking that you commit, number one, to be here. Because each week, if any series builds on one another, this is the series. You really need to be here every single week. And if you have to miss, we have this thing called the Internet. <laughs> and you can go back and make sure you watch online and get caught up with every single week if you miss. Or if you're watching online, be sure to do that. Um, this is a teaching series. This is a teaching series. So bring your notebook. Bring your Bible, bring your pen. A lot, of, a lot of series are preachy, traditional preaching, right? Some are conversational. Some I do interviews. We do all kinds here. This is a teaching series. This is going to be New Life University for the next two months. Some of you will love that. Some of you not so much. It's okay. We're going to cover everything. So just keep that in your mind. So you need to fully engage while you're here. I would love for you to pray this is novel. Pray before you get here that God would open your heart and open your mind and spirit to what we're going to be teaching. Pray after you leave. If you have family in the room and you go out to eat, talk about what we talk about in here, especially teenagers. This is an awesome opportunity for that. I promise this is like nothing you've heard in church. And if you'll lean in, if you'll pay attention, 
it's going to be worth it in the end. Let's pray, and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, we sense your presence. Thank you for your presence during the worship. Your word says you inhabit the praise of your people. So we know your manifest presence is here. And I ask right now, as your son, please anoint your word. Let it become powerful and prophetic and life-changing. We receive that right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So now let me give you the why to the what and the how. There are two overarching whys, two overarching reasons why I think this is so important for the body of Christ. Number one, as a Christian, that's key, as a Christian, fulfillment in life is not about the size of your paycheck, but the discovery and the exercise of your God-given gifts. You will never be satisfied. You will never be fulfilled in this life until you discover, identify them, and then begin to use your spiritual gifts. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many titles you have next to your name. You will not be fulfilled until you are in the sweet spot. Say the sweet spot. You're in the sweet spot of your calling based on your gifts. Oh, pastor, wait, I thought the calling was for people like you. I thought only pastors and music ministers and youth pastors and children and staff members, full-time people were, were called into ministry. That is a lie from the devil. And too many Americans have swallowed it that the only people who were called are the people who stand on the stage or the people who, who uh, work on staff. The, the devil wants to use that lie to keep you sidelined, to keep you unsatisfied, to keep you unfulfilled. I'm going to stand flat-footed and tell you every believer in this room is called by God. And every believer in this room has been gifted by God to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give him praise. Come on. It doesn't matter where that God has you placed in this season. It doesn't matter if you have a paycheck for it. That has nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter if it's in the marketplace or you own a business or, or you work at a fast food restaurant or, you, or you're in the classroom or you're at home with your kids. You're doing homeschool or, 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 or you're on the stage. It does not matter where you are called. And you are gifted to minister. Now, for some of you, this is really going to be life-changing because you're going to do what I've asked. You're going to jump in. You're going to go all in. And you're going to, this is going to be the missing piece to what you've been looking for. And it's going to encourage you to take the next steps. Others of you, it's going to be confirmation that I'm on the right track. And that is going to be so encouraging. Then for some of you, you're going to hit a wall of crisis, and that's not all bad. That's not all bad. God can use that and does use that in our life to stretch us and to make us pray and to make us rely on the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm talking about. Some of you may have a great salary, but you're miserable. And you can't figure out why. You even feel like, am I being ungrateful? Because the person next to you is loving it. This lady over here, she loves it doing the same thing, and you're like, what's wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you. 
And this is going to, you're going to have to wrestle with some of this because this series is going to uncover the why to that. It's going to let you know why you feel that way. Now, that was all under the first why. And that's all about you. The next part is about everybody else. Number two, under the why. Understanding spiritual gifts brings revelation to every relationship in your life. Thank you. (laughs) I can always rely on April. Every relationship. You may be struggling in some of your, like the best relationships and the, the, the most important, I'll say that, the most important relationships in life may not be good right now. Maybe with one of your kids or with, even with your spouse or with a friend or coworker, boss. And it's because you just can't understand them. Why do they react the way they do? Why do they act that way? Why do they, why are they passionate about that? Why won't they hear me this way and do this? Well, this is going to shed light on all of that. It drives, how, come on, it drives you nuts. Sir, don't look at your, yeah, yeah, don't look at your wife when you... This is going to shed light. It's going to be revelation to all of those things. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about those that are around you that you love, that maybe you don't understand and are frustrated in your relationship. Listen to me. Everybody look at me. Both of the wise, you and them, that's, they're both equally important. Now, I've taught this, like I said, many times. I've even taught it in other countries for leadership conferences. I've taught it in academic settings. And I think I've leaned more towards the you part. Oh, it's discover your gift and use it. Discover your gift and use it. The more older I get, the more I realize it's it's, it's, it's both and. It's just as important for you to be able to understand the other person and identify those gifts and other people to be able to do that together. Just like the movie, you know, when you watch the movie again and again, you see something different. That's, I've had the privilege of teaching this, but every time I teach something, I get something else out of it. How many teachers in the room know what I'm talking about? You could teach it a hundred times, but something else, and I've tried to keep this fresh, and in doing so, the Holy Spirit has allowed me to bring in even some new scriptures, new illustrations that I've never used before. And I'm excited about it. One of those is an Old Testament passage I've never used before. And it's going to set up the whole series. And it's in Exodus chapter 18. And as you're turning there, if you have your Bible, let me give you some backstory. So Moses has been called by God at the burning bush, right? He's gone into Egypt. He's set the captives free. He's, they've gone through the plagues and all of that. They've walked on dry ground through the Red Sea. Even if you're not familiar uh, with the Bible, you know that story. Well, that's happened, and now they're back out into the wilderness. They're back out into the desert. Well, that's where Moses lived for 40 years. Well, guys, when he was out there, he wasn't just hanging out. He had a family. Did y'all know that? Moses had a family, a wife. Uh, you know, she had her family and they, that's where they live. So when they got the children of Israel, million, two million are out in the desert. Here they came to be like, where you been? 
You weren't posting on Facebook. We had no idea what you were doing. And so Moses tells his father-in-law, Jethro, love that name. (laughs) Anyway, I'm easily entertained. He tells Jethro all the story about the miracles and the plagues. And Jethro's like, that's amazing. We need to worship God. So he brings a sacrifice and they worship God and then they have a party. And we pick up right there. Exodus 18, verse 13. The next day after the party, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him, get this, from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone, say alone, why do you alone sit as judge? While all these people stand around. All these people are just standing around. Why are you doing this from morning till evening? Verse 15, Moses said, because they're coming to me. I'm the leader. God picked me. I'm I'm the guy, I'm the man, I'm the big cheese. I'm the leader and they're coming to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it's brought to me. And I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. This is the father-in-law telling the son-in-law. Never happened before. This has never happened. Come on. It's not good, Moses. What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. In other words, Moses, if you continue down this path, you are going to burn out. It's not going to be good for anybody. You cannot sustain this pace alone. Verse 19. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. Again, father-in-law, son-in-law, I think it's funny. He's just telling him what he should do. And and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative. Now, time out. Remember, this is Old Testament. This is before Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. In the Old Testament, you just didn't saunter into the presence of the Lord. You just didn't stroll into God's presence, or it would go very badly for you. And so there had to be a representative, a a, a priest, if you will. And Moses kind of fit that bill. Moses was the type and shadow of Jesus. Because Jesus is the ultimate mediator between God and man. And so Moses was kind of filling that void. And so Jethro was like, hey, you got to continue to do that. You must be the people's representative before God and, and, and bring their disputes to him. Teach them. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. Teach and show. Teach and show. This is Old Testament language, y'all, for my job as pastor. Teach and show. This is Old Testament, New Testament. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. He says, you are, the leaders of the church are to equip God's people. That's you. Equip God's people for works of service. Equip God's people for works of service. Not entertain God's people so they'll come back next week. 
I'll just stay back here. No, 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 no. Too, too late. It's equip, not entertain. Equip, not entertain. Now, I don't want this to sound like a soapbox because it sort of is for me, but this is a major problem in the Western church, especially in America, because people like me in my position, pastors, leaders of churches, are all concerned, all consumed with growth instead of health. We're focused on how big can we get it instead of how strong we can get it. We're we're consumed with fast instead of mature. And it's so easy. I'm not casting blame. I'm not throwing rocks at any one ministry. It's so easy for a leader to do because we have social media and we're constantly being compared. And it's, it's the same in your life. Your best friends, you see their, their highlight reel on Facebook and you're like, what am I doing wrong? Because my family's not like that. Theirs isn't either. And the churches that are baptizing millions, they're really not either. It's so easy to fall into the comparison trap for me, for you, and that's what's happening. My job is not to entertain you so that you'll come back. My job is not to appease you so you'll give more in the offering. My job is to equip you so that the gospel and that the kingdom can advance. Somebody give God praise. Come on. We are to be affecting this community. Think about it. If suddenly new life were to disappear, would anybody care? That's the litmus test. Not how good the music is or how good the preaching is. Are you with me? Too many Christians are living on the sidelines. Christianity is not to be lived on the sidelines. Never has been, never will be. The true church of the living God is the body of Christ. It's the representation of Jesus on this earth. We are to be his hands, his feet, his mind, his heart, his spirit, his vision. We are to be serving and moving and operating all based on the gifts that he's given to serve this community and to advance the kingdom of God. It's not brain surgery, it's discipleship. Disciples making disciples. I think I'm going to do a series in 2022 called Velcro Bible. You may want to be on vacation during that. <laughs> but come on, we love to quote the good ones. <laughs> My plans for you are to be blessed and highly favored. Woo-hoo-hoo! Love that one. What about take up your cross and follow me? <laughs> ah, never mind. Here we go. <laughs> Jethro is not finished. Verse 21, but select capable men and women from all the people, men and women who fear God, trustworthy men and women who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them, empower them, equip them 
as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens? How do you know who to put where according to the gifts God has given them? Verse 22, have them serve. Say serve. Serve. It doesn't say have them watch. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Have them serve as judges for the people, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. They will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and as God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. New Life Church, I have no desire to do this for a few years. Burn up, burn out, you never see me again. I'm up on some mountain, you know, on the the porch like this, sucking my thumb. That is not, that is not my vision. Find me curled up under a desk somewhere. It's not, that's not the vision. That's not God's will. Case in point, perfect example. Right now, they're probably on the way back by now, but we had a men's retreat, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a men's retreat with almost 40 men. Huge deal, great deal. And you're like, Pastor, don't you need to be there? Do I? Do I? I went Friday because I wanted to. I went and spent six hours with him because I wanted to, not because I had to. Because I had Pastor Brandon and Jay and Chica who were volunteers who did all the work, who put the whole thing together. Y'all, I just want to tell you, I did zero. And I just showed up and enjoyed it. Why? Because I empowered them to use the gifts that God has given them. And that's what I'm talking about. Give God praise. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I'm not called to carry the weight of every ministry of this church. That's unhealthy. That's narrow-minded. That's paranoid. That's Saul instead of David. I'm called to equip and empower you, period. And I pray that at the end of this series, that's how you feel. That at the end of this series... You feel empowered and you feel equipped and you feel ready not to just identify your gift, but to walk in it and begin using it. Not just here, that would be selfish, but in every facet, in every relationship, in every context of your life. Anybody ready for that? Ten of you? So, A glorious thing right here. Any golf fans, seriously? No? The last time I did this illustration, I used a bowl of fruit. Boring. But through the power of the Holy Ghost, (laughs) he has shown me the light. These are all golf clubs. All of them are golf clubs. But oh, are they different. They are different. This is a driver. Ideally, 
Not always the case, but ideally, I would hit this off the tee box as far as I possibly can. Hopefully straight, rarely so. But hopefully straight and long and down the middle into the fairway. That's the driver. It is a golf club. This is an iron. It is also a golf club. But when I get to the fairway and I want to hit up to the green, I would hit an iron. And there's different, even different irons based on the loft. See that? And you hit at different distances. And you, you, you hopefully practice and learn how far you hit each club if you hit it correctly, which, again, is rare. Why do we play this game? I just don't know. But <laughs> theoretically, right? And then you hit it onto the green with the iron, also a golf club, then you get to the green, and in as few strokes as possible, <laughs> you use the putter to put it in, which is also a golf club. Now, no rules against, you can, you can putt with a driver. It probably wouldn't make any difference with me, <laughs> but you can putt, you can putt with a driver, but it's not the right club for the job. You can hit the putter off the tee box if you want to. No rule against it. But no telling where that thing's going to go. It's not the right club. But they're all three golf clubs. Well, with spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts can be very confusing. How, how many have ever been confused in the Bible when, when, when talking about spiritual gifts at all? So many liars. <laughs> the reason that spiritual gifts can be confusing is because often when they're taught or when we study them or find them in the Bible, we lump them all together. We lump them all in the same basket, in the same category, and they're not. The reason we do that is because in our New Testament English version, all we see is the word gift for all of them. But if you look in the original Greek, it's three. There's three different Greek words for the same English word gift. Confusing. But there's three categories. Look at the screen. There are three categories of spiritual gifts because there's three different words used to describe them. You see how that can be confusing? We can't lump them all together because there's three different categories. Hence, the wood, the putter, and the irons. All golf clubs, all of these are gifts, but they're three different categories. Are you with me so far? All right, let me show you. I just want to show you the three categories today. Number one, we have the motivational gifts, and they're found in 1 Peter 4.10 and Romans 12.6-8. There's seven of these motivational gifts, and that is what we're going to focus on for the entirety of the next two months, Okay. Those are the gifts we're going to focus on. The second category, different Greek word, are the manifestation gifts. And they are in 1 Corinthians. Paul gives them in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 10. There's nine of these. These are the more controversial ones. These are uh, gifts like tongues and prophecy and uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, healing. There's nine of those. How many familiar? Just, you know what I'm talking about. And then the third category I like to call the ministry gifts or the positional gifts. Paul gives us those in Ephesians chapter 4. These are gifts from Jesus. They're positions. 
to help run the church in a healthy, balanced manner. Evangelist, pastor, teacher, prophet, and administrator. You may have heard them called the five-fold gifts for the church. Different Greek word. Are you with me? So again, we know that there's three different categories because we have three different Greek words. Now for this series, again, we're going to focus on the motivational gifts. Let me ask you a question. Everybody look up here. What is your favorite subject in the whole world? Your favorite subject in the whole world. Somebody give me one. Oh, come on. English? Now, it doesn't have to be academic. It could be anything. Anything. Bowling. Bowling. Music. Cornhole. Golf. Sports. How many? What else? Baseball. What else? Sewing. All right. All of you are wrong. Every one of you are wrong. I know what your favorite subject in the whole, you're all being like this false humility. Your favorite subject is you. Absolutely true. Your favorite subject is you. So I have wonderful news. You're going to love the next two months because it's all about you. You're going to be learning all about you. Come on, how you're wired, how you relate to others, how you see the world, why you respond the way that you do, why you're passionate about certain things and not passionate about others, why you're good at certain things and not good at others. And again, again, this is so important for you, but it's also important so that you learn this about the people around you. Because here's what happens. You are passionate about X. I mean, you are passionate about this or that, and you are good at that, and then you can't understand why your spouse, your kid, or whatever, they could care less. And your kid's like, that's dumb, but why aren't you interested in this? And why aren't you good at this? We're going to find out together why, because God has wired us differently for a reason, and we've got to stop with the judgment when somebody's not as interested in what I'm interested in. It's for a reason, because I'm not going to do what they're going to do, and they're not going to do what I'm going to do, but together we move forward in the kingdom of God. Come on. This is your individual spiritual DNA. Your DNA. This goes deeper than your personality. How many have done uh, personality tests? DISC, uh, Briggs, Myers, uh, Enneagram. If you've been in the corporate world, you've taken these, maybe in college or whatever. Awesome. They're very useful. But this goes even deeper because it's spiritual. What about introvert and extrovert? How many extroverts in the room? Raise your hand. Was there any doubt that April was an extrovert? How many like me are introverts? It's God's humor that he would make an introvert a pastor. It just proves he can do anything through anybody, right? This is deeper than extrovert or introvert. Look at the screen. Your motivational gifts determine how you see the world. I wore this whole thing so it would be really cool. Take your pictures. No, I'm just kidding. 
Your motivational gifts are the lens. Everybody say lens. The lens in which you see the world. And it's not an accident. It is ordained by God. Each week we're going to unpack a different motivational gift. Listen to me. Some weeks are really going to connect and be exciting to you because they're about you. Your top three out of the seven, you're going to have about three that you're going to be like, ooh, that's me. But you can't disengage on the weeks that it's not about you because guess what? It might be about your wife. It might be about your son. And you need to understand how they're wired so that you can work together and get through these relationships that sometimes can be tough, especially if you don't know these things. Your spouse, your kids, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, and especially if you're the boss and you're trying to be good to your people and understand them and not lose your sanity. Amen? As we close... I want to look at the two texts that I gave you for motivational gifts just to whet your appetite and to move us in and set us up, tee us up. <laughs> that was the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. Didn't do it in the first service. Oh, by the way, I spent, I went and got these wiffle ball golf balls this week. And I got a little green, Brandon brought his little, his mat. I was going to hit golf balls. But the older, and if I was 25, I would have hit golf balls. I would have beamed them right across your head. But as I get older, I think more about lawsuits. <laughs> and while in my practice session, I hit all of them up, all I could see was hitting, topping one and hitting you in, right in the forehead. And that would be all over but the crying at that point. So I didn't hit them. Anyway, I digress. We're closing. I want to give you... Both of these scriptures to whet your appetite for next week. So 1 Peter 4.10, we need to understand this one before we can appreciate the Romans text. 1 Peter 4.10, the apostle says, God has given each of you, say that with me, each of you a, there's our word, gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to sit in the pew and do nothing. Wait a minute. It's a different translation. It's the American translation. I'm sorry, that was bad. I mean today, Jamor. Use them well to serve one another. Real quick takeaways. Number one, every person, every person, every person has been given a gift. Oh, pastor, not me. I was in line, but they just skipped right over me. There's another lie of the enemy. Because in our culture, if you're not the one on stage, if you're not the one leading, if you're not the one casting the vision, if you're not the one singing, if you're not the one teaching, if you're not the one in charge, then you're not gifted. That's a bunch, of, I'm sorry. Anyway, it's not true. We've swallowed that lie too long and I'm praying that some of you would get some revelation and some encouragement about you because only three out of the seven are even speaking gifts at all. The others are behind the scenes and they are just as necessary in the kingdom of God as the other ones. Come on, somebody. I'm... Number two, the Greek word here for gift is charisma. 
charisma. It's a divine gratuity, a spiritual endowment, a free gift, a free gift. The command, folks, listen, is not to earn it. The command is not even to pray for it because you already have it. The command is to use it. Third, motivational gifts are a possession given to us by God from birth. And actually, the better word there is conception. Wait a minute, Pastor. I thought you had to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to use the spiritual gifts. No, you're talking about the second category. You're talking about the manifestation gifts. You're talking about tongues and prophecy and all that. And we believe here that those things are real and still used, and we become candidates for the manifestation gifts when we are immersed in the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this is a different category. These are given from conception. Pastor, how can that be? Come on, think about it. Have you ever sat under a gifted teacher that you knew probably was not a Christian? Have you ever watched a gifted artist or artisan or craftsman, carpenter, that you're pretty sure was not following the Lord? Yes, we all have. See, those folks have tapped into their God-given gift, but listen, you gotta get this. If they don't know the Lord, if they haven't dedicated it back to him, it becomes polluted. And it becomes, it can become selfish. And eventually it can even become undoing and evil. The worst case scenario thinking, someone like Adolf Hitler, someone like Osama bin Laden, who has been gifted by God to lead, but is obviously not following Jesus, and it becomes polluted to the point that it becomes evil. Are you following me? So if we take the Greek word from 1 Peter 4.10, charisma, we can now match that in other areas where we find the word gift and match it up, and we can do that in Romans. It's the same word, so we know we're talking about the same thing. So Paul gives us the list of what Peter is talking about. Romans 12, and I'm almost done. In his grace, God has given us different, here's our same word, charisma, for doing certain things well. Everybody look at me. He did not say all things well. Only Jesus does all things well. Guys, you got to take the pressure off of yourself. You got to take the pressure off of your kids. We do not do everything well, scripturally. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, now the better word here in Greek translate to perceive. If God has given you the ability to perceive, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So the first one is perceiver. That's the first gift. Now, I'm going to give you just a brief synopsis of each one, and you're going you're gonna to either think this is me or I know exactly who this is, just in a brief description. So the perceiver has a little bit of an edge to them. The perceiver is all about truth. Now, if they're not saved, Their truth could be not the truth at all. The perceiver is all about black and white, right and wrong, no gray area. The perceiver is opinionated. 
you're arguing with them and they've never even heard what you're arguing, they're going to make up an opinion on the spot. Quit looking at each other. How many, just from that, would say, you know, Pastor, that might be in the top three for me. Yep. Now, I know somebody that has to be in the top three for them. Yeah. That's easier to do sometimes. We don't like to look in the mirror as much as we like to, that's that's you. The perceiver, listen, can make a mighty difference in the kingdom of God. They're the prophet in the kingdom. Come on. They're the ones that we need to speak the word of God, unashamed. But if they have not matured, if they have not dedicated that gift, they can rip you to pieces. Verse seven, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. Number two is server. A server is a doer. They cannot stand sitting around and twiddling their thumbs. They, they are doers. They like to use their hands. If I said, hey, after the service, um, we're going to stack the chairs and put them on the wall. As soon as I said amen, they'd be like. <laughs> and then as they did it, they'd be wondering why everybody else was talking and visiting. That's what would be going through their head. Servers are good with their hands. And they like to be behind the scenes out of the spotlight. How many would say, you know what, that's, that might be me. I may be high in that. How many say, I know somebody, maybe? Okay. Number three is teacher. Teacher. You're like, duh, teacher. Not so fast. Obviously, part of the gift is doing what I'm doing right now. But the other half, which is just as important for this gift, is the desire and the passion to dig and research and then present. And number, verse eight, if your gift is to encourage... We're going to use the word exhort. Last week, somebody said, Pastor, I think I'm an extorter. (laughs) I know a good lawyer. We can work on that. We can figure that out. (laughs) Exhort, not extort. If your gift is to exhort others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, we're going to use the word administrative ability. Take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness, we're going to use compassion. To others, do it gladly. So number four is exhorter, not extorter. Exhorter, and that's the encouraging person. This is the person that sees the cup is always half full. They are positive. Whereas the perceiver was black and white, right and wrong, the, 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 the uh, exhorter has the ability to see in the gray areas. And that's not always a bad thing. They're very positive. They're people magnets. They're often extroverts. They're leaders, and people love to be around them because they're so positive. Number five is the giver. Now, are we all supposed to give? Let me help you. Yes. We're all supposed to give. Actually, we're all supposed to serve. These are things that are just natural. Okay, the giver is going to find a way, even if they don't have two pennies to rub together, they're going to find a way to give something. They may have to make it, They may have to give time instead of money. They may have to give energy, but they are going to find a way to give. And a Christian giver, as often, their focus is evangelism. They want to see the lost come into the kingdom. They want to do outreach. They want to do missions. But see, again, you're wired that way, 
and you're looking at everybody else going, why aren't you concerned as much as I am about going door to door? Because if everybody went door to door, the saints could not be taken care of. These things would not happen. The, the church would not. You understand what I'm saying? We have a place. We, it's a body. The hand doesn't do what the foot does. The eyes don't do what the ears do. Number six is administrator or leader. These are folks who are great with organization and organizing events, organizing people, putting the right people in the right positions. They don't necessarily get down in it with their hands like the server. They're the ones saying, hey, I know you're good at this. Will you do this, please? We need administrators. Number seven is compassion. And my heart just has a sweet spot for the compassion person, not because that's my gift, because it's not. <laughs> the compassion person can do so much for the kingdom because they feel things deeply. They are drawn supernaturally to those who are hurting, those who are broken. And that not just to empathize with them or sympathize, but to do something about the pain. We need compassion people. People full of mercy. My God, I feel that. So if the compassion person is sold out to Jesus, they can make so much difference in the kingdom. But listen, it's the compassion person that if they don't know Jesus, can implode the quickest. It's the compassion persons that's more prone to addictions because they feel things so deeply, but they don't know what to do with it. They don't understand it. And they feel it so deep and it becomes like a hopeless situation. So we need to help and pray for our compassion people. Can you see why this is important? We're the body of Christ and I need all of you to plug into those gifts and get involved in the body the way God has designed because the folks out there don't even know it, but they need a healthy body of Christ. They need you to walk in your spiritual gift. They need you to recognize that you're called by God and that you're gifted by God. If you were challenged and are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you find us. To experience other messages, videos, and live events, visit us online at newlifecanton.com. And again, thank you for listening to the New Life Church Podcast.